0: Welcome to Brainstuff from How Stuff Works. Hey, Brainstuff, Lauren Vogelbaum here. In magic industry lingo, magician's assistants are called box jumpers because, to the audience, that's all the lovely assistant appears to do. She's there to distract the audience you know, look pretty, smile big, and wave her hands around, then pop out from the padlocked box precisely when the magician says, ta da! But magic insiders know the real story. When the trunk lid closes, the sheet is raised, or the saw is lowered into the box, it's often the assistant who does the real magic of the illusion, releasing the latch on the false bottom and cramming herself into a two-foot space while executing her third costume change of the evening, all before the guy in the top hat says, Ta-da! Although magic is undeniably a male-dominated profession, if you only look at the name on the marquee, those who know the most about the stagecraft behind the magician-assistant relationship say that the industry isn't as sexist as it might appear. Blair Barron, who co-produced the 2008 documentary Women in Boxes about the unsung magician's assistant, explains that on stage, both the magician and the assistant are playing roles, roles that artfully play off of the audience's gendered expectations. Barron says the biggest misconception is that the magician's assistants are marginalized, objectified bimbos, if you will, who are deferring to some guy, when actually, in my experience, they are the brains behind a lot of the illusions. Barron would know. She married into one of the royal families of magic. Her husband, Dante Larson, is the son of Irene and Bill Larson Jr., two of the co-founders of the Magic Castle in Hollywood, the world's preeminent magic club. And Irene, who passed away in 2016, was herself an accomplished magician's assistant in her day. Barron says that Irene and her generation of assistants doubled as the business brains of the operation, keeping track of finances and booking appearances. And although they played integral roles in both the planning and execution of illusions, these old school assistants never wanted to steal the spotlight from the magician, often their husband, by billing themselves as equal partners modern magician's assistants see their roles a little differently. Hannah Lynn Wagster is half of the South Carolina-based duo The Wagsters Magic and Illusion, who perform a weekly show at the Carolina Opry Theater in Myrtle Beach, South Carolina. Hannah is still primarily the one who gets locked in the boxes, but says that she and her husband Brandon are very much equal partners on and off the stage. Hannah considers herself a magician, not just an assistant, and does a few solo tricks in the act. She also runs the show backstage, giving technical and lighting cues to stage managers and making sure the next illusion is lined up and squared away. But Hannah admits that at the end of the day, her primary role on stage is, quote, to make sure the magician looks good, which often means contorting herself into tight spaces or dangling from high wires without giving the audience a clue about how incredibly difficult it all is or how many bruises, scrapes, and sprained ankles she's endured along the way. Despite her husband's efforts to give Hannah equal billing and equal credit on stage, the audience often can't see behind the traditional magician assistant divide. Hannah says After shows, folks always want to talk to Brandon and congratulate him on his magic. They'll literally push me aside. We also spoke with Dean Carnegie, a veteran stage magician and the magic historian behind the blog The Magic Detective. He explains that the first magician's assistants were the product of a new school of magic that emerged in the mid-19th century called the illusionists. In the 1850s, pioneering French conjurers Jean-Eugène Robert Houdin, uh, the inspiration for Houdini's stage name, and Boutier de Colta created startling illusions that involved the levitation or disappearance of a second person, an assistant, Carnegie says— Robert Houdin's first assistant was his young son, but as more illusionists entered the game, the assistants were invariably female. Women, it turned out, were much more effective victims in the minds of the audience. When a woman was in peril, it raised the emotional stakes. And that still seems to be true, says Barron. She said, "'They've tried to reverse it and have the female be the magician in the alpha role and the man be the assistant, and it doesn't work. No one cares.'" Magic trends come and go, and for the moment, the bigger names in magic are focusing on close-up card tricks and mind reading, which don't require assistance, or at least not visible ones. But there are plenty of acts like the Wagsters, who still wow with set-piece illusions, executed with precision choreography. Barron, who now runs the Los Angeles Drama Club, a Shakespeare program for kids, reminds us that what the audience sees on stage is itself a play within a play. She said... The assistants are winking at you. It's all very tongue-in-cheek because it's trickery and illusion. Today's episode was written by Dave Ruse and produced by Tyler Klang. BrainStuff has merch now. You can get phone cases, tote bags, and of course, t-shirts. Every purchase helps keep the show going and supports us directly. You can find all that stuff at tpublic.com slash brainstuff. For more on this and lots of other tricky topics, visit our home planet, howstuffworks.com.